0: And welcome to another of Political Yeti's Politics Podcasts. I'm James Miller, and this week I am delighted to be joined by uh, John Walker, political editor for the Birmingham Mail and the Birmingham Post. Hello. Are they both still going? <laughs>
1: They're both still I mean, <laughs> it's, been it's been a while strong. since you've been yeah. on. It's,
0: it's, sometimes you don't know. Uh, and I am joined again by Kirsty Blackman, SMP MP for Aberdeen North.
2: Yes, well yes. done.
0: Um, <laughs> I recently described you in a podcast as the smallest MP. Is that true?
2: I don't think I'm the smallest MP. Who's smaller than you? I think Margaret Ferrier is smaller than me. I
0: wondered about Margaret Ferrier.
2: I think Patricia Gibson's... I think Patricia Gibson's taller than you. Possibly.
0: I reckon you could take both of them in a fight, though. (laughs) Am I wrong?
2: We're not going to try this. This is okay. not a good idea.
0: Are you... I'm not going to ask that. Shall I
2: ask that? Are you technically a midget? I'm five foot one.
0: Does that make you technically a midget?
2: I I don't know what There's the like definition a of a midget is. under which small
0: people are actually technically midgets.
2: Um, but I Nobody's d- ever called
0: you a midget, so you, you know no doctor's well, ever told you you're a midget. No,
2: what? lots of people have called me a midget, but, but no, no doctor. doctor has. Okay, so. fine.
0: Well, we'll go I'll work on the basis that you're not lit. Um I've just put my... What have I done on my big bag of um, jingles? I forgot that we're about to review Prime Minister's questions, aren't we? And if we're going to review Prime Minister's questions... We need a jingle. Then, yes, we do. He says, stalling for time, finding the jingle that he'd forgotten about, but which sounds like this. There we go. Styled that out pretty well, hey? Uh, Prime Minister's questions in review... Uh, John Walker, I said this is a bit boring and you went, no, it was alright what was interesting about this week's Prime Minister's questions?
1: Well, there was a good story for change which was the uh, story that the government has made some sort of deal with Surrey County Council to give them some money for social care, or um, so it's claimed. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn had the story, he um, Racist with the Prime Minister. She didn't have an answer. And the reason it's good, it's interesting, is because other councils across the country are going to be furious about this.
0: Across England?
1: Well, across uh, this country that we're in at the moment, I suppose. Yes, across England. Well,
0: it's just worth pointing out, because I I tweeted during Prime minister Questions, a lot of the questions today were about England only, actually. Um, Mm. So why should... Anybody, out, I mean, people in England, right, maybe should care because the government's doing some sort of deal with Surrey where there's lots of Tory MPs. Yes. Although, I mean, Surrey's not very nice. Yeah, maybe it should get lots of money. Well, so you can't do a face on radio or an <laughs> audio. You've got to, you've
1: got to... Did you say Surrey's not very nice? Surrey is very nice. It is very nice, yeah. It's lovely, uh, leafy part of London, Greater London, uh, quite wealthy, very Tory. So what's and the, bro- the broader issue here is. Well, the broader issue is that the Tories, uh, the are, tories are, are doing a deal with, with their own, with a place that votes Conservative, which is full of Conservative voting type people. And in other parts of the country, they have the same desperate need, more need, in fact, and they don't appear to be getting the same treatment.
0: That is true. There are some issues raised today about countryside seats and urban seats and all this sort of stuff isn't it mm. i can't remember the exact details but um i mean okay. people in
1: birmingham manchester newcastle are going to be looking at this and they're going to be quite upset
0: are they manchester is going to get loads of money because it's like the northern powerhouse they get money thrown at them aren't they they
1: well manchester is getting a lot of money for um infrastructure for transport and so on but um uh, but not for social care not for social
0: care which actually matters um Kirstie, what is social care like in scotland Right, I mean, I appreciate your SNP and it's an SNP government in Scotland, but yeah. <laughs> um, so you're, you're going to give me a fairly rosy picture. But you know, it, it's not controversial to say it's a big issue. Is it an yeah, issue in
2: Scotland? Yeah, it, it is an issue in Scotland. I think it's reasonable to talk about the fact that you know we've got an aging population, and that's yes. always talked about. Um, we've got an issue where um, we're struggling to recruit people to the care sector in some in mm-hmm. some places because. Um, who wants to work in a in a low-paid job where yes. you're you know working really really hard um so you know we, in terms of how Scotland's different, we've been doing something to tackle the low pay. So we've increased the, the level of pay that people get for right. undertaking a, adult mm. social care. We've also got free personal care in a different oh, yeah, way cool. to, that's... um, to what England has it. You know, we've... yes, that's so slightly
0: different to social care, right? That's it's a sort of element of social care. Yeah. Say? yeah,
2: it's a bit of social yeah. care. Um, we've also done a change in terms of how social care is structured in Scotland. So instead of the local authorities doing bits of it and um, the health boards doing bits of it we've now got these joint boards and oh. um, the the local authorities and the health boards are, are in together and they work together to make sure that social care is working effectively because the the, the major issue and it was identified today and um, in social care is the, the kind of delayed discharge issue so people are stuck in hospital and they can't get out of the community so this kind of makes sure that that gap is less mm. likely to happen but it's all very new you know i'm not yeah. going to say um that, that it's absolutely wonderful and perfect and we've ironed out all of the um, mm. the creases because we're not at that stage yet, it's quite new, it's still bedding in, um, so we have to wait and see whether or not this works as it's intended to work
0: Does the SNP government in Scotland do dodgy deals with the councils that they run to give them more money?
2: I, d- I don't think Ooh, so. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> I'm not in the. I'm not Well, I'm not in the SNP government. All I'm right. also not in a council. Um, but actually, um, i saying that we
0: don't know it's a dodgy deal, right? That might be like slanderous or something. But it's some sort of sweetheart deal. Fair to say that. Yeah,
2: the Scottish government has been very clear when individual councils have have made cases for some things. The Scottish Ooh. government has said. Nah, you can't have that because there's state aid rules. We can't give you extra money for these things. So um, the Scottish Government has been clear about not doing these deals, if you like. But um, in the budget, um, the the Greens and the SNP negotiated together and came up with an uplift for, for all councils. Oh, yeah. Um, uplift, so we're giving, more money, well, giving more money to local government than was You're originally not planned. Yes,
0: but not more money than they're getting just now.
2: I don't know what the figures are. I oh, understand. come on. know I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen
0: it. Well, as, as I understand it. Um, did you like PMQs today?
2: Was it, it, wasn't, it wasn't very exciting, was it? No. Jeremy um, um, was, it? It
0: was all right. Uh, his, his best performance. I mean, as I, as I said, Theresa May is best when she's got something to defend and she could not defend... This yeah. sweetheart deal. So she looked. But I was sitting well next to,
2: to a Labour MP, um, and there was one of the questions that Jeremy Corbyn came to the end, and he said, you know, basically you haven't answered my question, Prime Minister, mm. and he should have just stopped there and sat down. Mm. Um, yes. But then he went on and about something else, and I thought, like, just ditch your plan occasionally. It would have been better to just scrap what you'd planned to say say that one line and sit down and you know leave her scrabbling leave her with nothing to hold on to
0: uh, says you queen of Prime Minister's questions after you did that to the Prime Minister a couple of weeks ago right? I did do that to the Prime Minister yeah. a couple of weeks ago nice one you um, should, uh, Jeremy Corbyn should be tapping you up for the advice. speaker
2: had to step in and rescue her
0: yes he did <laughs> that's right and he did kind of rescue her as well actually that was that's strange because this is when you asked about whether the great repeal bill will be subject to evil English votes for English laws she didn't know oh yes a speaker intervened she sat down somebody whispered in her ear saying give her an answer so he kind of saved her but uh, certainly had her on the ropes
2: but the um, Great Repeal Bill better not be subject to English votes for English laws because that's absolutely ridiculous she's I know vote. but she's, she's, she should change her mind okay. she how, should perform a U-turn how can turn? it be because it, it certainly affects Scotland
0: uh, I mean, because, they, these laws can't apply to Scotland b- no, because,
2: because the way that the um, standing order around evil is written, um, parts of it can be eviled,
1: yeah. Um
2: mm. If they have um, consequential, they only have consequential effects on Scotland. Um, so actually, that could that could mean that a number of things could be eviled that would have huge, significant effects on Scotland. But because they're only considered consequential, um, then you know. Then it counts as being allowed for evil. So it's it's a bit of a ridiculous situation, and yeah. the prime minister should just say now we will not evil any of it because we think it's right that everybody should have a say on it. She didn't. She, she didn't. said, "Yeah,
0: we are going to evil some of it." So I can't believe. Look she... forward to that. That's yeah. going to be fun after May when uh, yeah, uh, believe it or not, I suspect the SNP MPs are going to be complaining that Westminster is not showing them the respect they deserve <laughs> and complaining about the arcane. Uh, procedures in the never. House of Commons. We'd never do that. Which brings me on to uh, earlier than normal. Let's do this. Uh, my new feature called "I Love Your Questions."
2: I love your questions. I love your questions. I love your questions. I love your questions.
0: There you go. La La Land inspired jazz. There. Um, who is the MP saying "I love your questions"? Anybody know?
2: Is it Emily Thornberry? Oh,
0: no. Uh, Good guess, though. Good guess. Roll over for another week. This prize is going to be massive when somebody actually wins it. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to tie this up with Prime Minister's questions because last week's question from Ian Blackford was um, when will the Westminster government begin to respect the interests of Scots? Not one of the more light-hearted questions we've had, um, but it ties in because at Prime Minister's questions we had Uh, Patrick Grady, the man who looks like a giant baby, asked um, about... I've
2: pulled you up about that before. He does, though. You can't say that. That's not nice. He doesn't. He does a bit.
0: Um, He asked about the speaking rules, because the SNP have been complaining, lots of your colleagues have been complaining all week that they don't get to speak. And this is because you're all new, basically. Right? There's rules about seniority, about who gets to speak when. Because you all only turned up in 2015, you tend to come at the end of a debate. That's the the sort of broad rule, right? That's the
2: theory. However, um, it always occurs that that how the Speaker does it is he takes the people that are nearest to him um, as he gets further and further away. So quite often at the end of a debate, you will end up with three SNP people or four SNP people, one after the other. Although the 2015 Labour intake will have already been taken. Really? Yeah. No, really, it's... Just it, closer to it. it really, have a look at the, the speaking order for various debates. All right. Um, because he does, you know, even though it isn't seniority, he also he also does it on kind of how mm-hmm. far away you are.
0: Um, <laughs> but this is a rule, um, and you've been complaining about it, and quite rightly, because it's clearly a silly rule. It doesn't, it, it get, it's been broken by the fact that all these Scottish MPs are new, you know, whatever, 50 mm-hmm. or 56, 59 Scottish MPs. Um... But then, Patrick Grady made some massive speech on, what, last night that went on and on and on and on. And so that kind of, didn't you lose the moral high ground at that point?
2: No. We've said said all along, the rules are wrong. You should change them, yeah. and they've said the rules are not all wrong. I'm going to stand up and speak for 25 minutes on something, yeah. um and we've said this shouldn't be allowed. This person shouldn't because there are no time limits on speeches in committee of the whole house, right, and we've yeah. made the case repeatedly that there should be time limits on, on speeches. And they've said, um you know, we're going to use the rules. These are the rules. We're going to to use them. So we use them to good effect because you know. We've said that they're stupid rules, they should definitely change them. Still agree that they should change them. But then you use them, then you start started playing the game. Well, we're stuck with these rules. Ah, well, you so, should, but actually, then you lose the moral high
0: ground if you go, oh, well, I'll join in and make the rules work for me. Surely you're better. All right, maybe you don't... I suppose it's that the moral high ground versus the practical, like you say. The rules aren't going to change. But you keep the moral high ground by sitting on the sidelines going, this is rubbish.
2: And the, um, the Procedure Committee has repeatedly said to the government... Um, these are the ways in which you should modernise the house and change the house and make it work better, and the government says, this benefits us. So I think we'll just actually keep keep with what what there currently is the rules. So. They should just change it. What government? They should do. fix it. That's I think it if you're work. in the
1: House of Commons, you have to do your best to have the most influence you can using the rules that exist. I mean, it's not it doesn't make any sense for a party to sit on the sidelines and say, "Well, we're not going to play this game because it's a bad game." They'd just be letting down their constituents if they did that. Fair enough. Um, I have to say though, I don't know if you're going to raise this point. but I think on uh, was it Monday evening we saw Alex Salmond having a furious row yes. with the uh, Deputy Speaker. Um, complaining that I think one of your MPs was um, asked to sit down, and SNP was asked, SNP NP was asked to sit down. Mister Salmon wasn't uh, happy, and um, it was quite quite rude, I
2: thought, to the speaker.
0: Yeah, and the speaker was quite rude back, as I understand. Basically, just went sharp. Well, that, that's I mean, what he's meant to do. That's his job, adept deputy Speaker, well, I should true. say. I
2: yeah, it was, it was it was Lindsay Oil. It was a of mm. ways and means. It wasn't the speaker. It's yes.
0: intriguing um, because obviously we've had a bit of a shdusi around the speaker this week with John Burke saying his thing about Trump and a lot of the bubble are talking up uh, Hoyle as a ready-made replacement because he's mm-hmm. not controversial. Again, the bubble seems to be ignoring the fact that he's now suddenly become quite controversial with 56 MPs, right? Is that fair to say?
2: Well, one of the interesting things is that whoever is going to be Speaker needs votes Yeah. Um, from MPs, so um, Hoyle's just having a foot. falling out with, yeah. with us is, is not going to endear... No, um, his his cause. But it is. You know?
0: I, I do find that weird. It does seem to be a classic bubble thing of, oh look, everyone thinks Hoyle did well in slapping down Alex Hammond and ignoring the fact that there are fifty six MPs who, you know, idolise Alex Hammond. Oh,
1: no, John Burkow became a speaker without the support of um, Tory MPs.
0: True, true. Yes, I mean it can be done. Mm. But Hoyle would he have the numbers? Who knows? I mean speakers. Like, oh. If we're still podcasting, in what? About fifteen months time, then we'll be in the excitement of Speaker uh, yeah. election, won't we? Because Will
2: we? Will he really stand down? Somebody was oh, saying he's that got st- to. Somebody was saying that his statement on Trump um, made him be more likely to stand down. This was he wouldn't have been as political if he yeah. wasn't going to stand down. But he really likes being Speaker. He oh, he
0: does. You can tell. <laughs> so he'd, be- he'd become a Lord, so he could go and sit in the Lords and pontificate and speak in that funny way and be self-important. So, you know, I think uh, he's got to. He said he will. He's a Democrat. I think he will because, to be fair, although he is, as I've said before, a pretty terrible man, he is actually a very good speaker as a rule. Um, And, you know, he believes in the House and democracy and all that sort of thing. And I think that was behind his Trump comment, to be fair. Mm -hmm. I think he's right that, you know, history will judge the Parliament pretty hard if they have a fascist... This, you know addressing both houses and well, uh, we don't know if trump's a fascist yet or not but i'd certainly wait and see if in a few years time he turns out he's not a fascist then have him over i think the the, the prime minister
1: is taking a different approach he's trying to build up good relationships with donald trump and one might criticize her approach but that's up to her it's up to the government of the day yeah. and really i don't think the speaker should be undermining what the prime minister is doing well, why in not? terms not do with the prime foreign, minister It's all about the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister and her government is responsible for foreign affairs, responsible for our relationships with foreign countries. And the Speaker of the House of Commons should not be trying to undermine what the Prime Minister is doing. He's not undermining the Prime Minister. He's standing up for Parliament, which is his
0: job. Don't I have to explain democracy to you, John? This is going to be embarrassing. (laughs) It's separation of powers.
2: The the Speaker of the House of Commons, um, his job is to uphold the reputation of Parliament. That is what he genuinely sees as his job. As James said, he's you know he's got his flaws, but actually, in terms of being a Speaker, this is the thing that he has put front and centre, and this is what he tries to do. So I think, given the public outcry against Donald Trump coming, I think actually this is totally in line with what you would expect the Speaker to do in trying to uphold the reputation of Parliament.
0: There's no part of the Speaker's role that involves supporting the government.
2: That's well, it's certainly not, not part
1: of the speaker's role to undermine the government, and the uh, a, a state, Steve, a, state visit, the a state visit involves using the institutions of this country, um, partly in an, an attempt to give the visitor a good time. Frankly, and meet the queen if he wants a yeah. to tour of the House of Commons or whatever. And never, there was never any suggestion that Trump would speak at Westminster Hall anyway. It's a completely well, it's not, fabricated. No. Route. Well, well, that's, there, there but never that's was why anyway. I thought he was
0: right because he's killed it off there and then i mean once we actually have a date for the state visit then people are going to go what we're well, oh, going to get what is the, what is that's the gone. point of
1: picking a fight with a pre- of humiliating the president of the united states for no reason though he wasn't going to speak at Westminster hall anyway that's why you should humiliate him. well you know he's a bully you know you, and he's got funny hair it may it may be that the people of this country agree with that but they represent, they they get their views across by electing a government to act on their behalf and the Speaker is not meant to be is not part of that government and is not meant to be part of that process.
2: But Donald Trump can go and speak to the government. Yeah. That's well, he, he
0: certainly can do that. And um, he can go in a committee room and speak. I mean, he can do... He, can, he can't... He if somebody just, wants to have him in, that's
2: fine. He just can't... You know, he just won't be invited to address all of the MPs and all of the peers because...
1: Yeah, but the whole the whole thing is just symbolic anyway. But, I mean, the symbolism of what's actually happened is that the Speaker of the House of Commons has very publicly humiliated the President of the United States. And he's not
0: humiliated him. He says, you just can't come here because you're a fascist, which is true. <laughs> That seems fair. He said because you're a racist and a sexist, which is true. In other ways, I think you're absolutely right
1: to say uh, John Burko has been a very good speaker in terms of You've... summoning ministers to uh, mm-hmm. answer questions and make statements.
0: You've been to America. Have uh, you been somehow infected with Trumpism? Are you a Trumper?
1: Uh, no, I met. Ooh, that was a, um, that
0: was a, a big silence. I I had to met, think about that. That really shouldn't be a difficult question.
1: I attended a Donald Trump rally and saw him speak and uh, met Did some you? of his supporters, and they are terrifying. Um,
2: were there were there more people at the event than you've ever seen ever before? Was it a bigly crowd?
1: It, <laughs> it was a bigly crowd, and they loved him. They really loved him. Um, but people told me, in all seriousness, that um, Donald Trump was doing God's work, that this was a battle between good and evil, and uh, Mr. Trump, although they conceded Mr. Trump himself may not be perfect, that he was a uh, servant of God and doing God's work and fighting evil on God's behalf, and they were entirely serious. They meant every word, and these were his supporters. These were people who helped to put him in power.
0: Nutters, nutters, in other words. Um, Have you had any dealings with Trump? He hangs around Aberdeen Shire. Yeah,
2: his golf course is just, you know, a bit north not of my yours. constituency. has got, got it? Is it? It's in Alex Hammond's constituency. Oh, oh go
0: <laughs> blimey. Because um, they used to be friends, didn't they? And then they fell out. Um, right, uh, we, have, we still haven't answered I Love Your Question, which is, when will the Westminster government begin to respect the interests of Scots? What's your answer to that, Kirsty? Well,
2: uh, I think today, um, when Angus Robertson asked the question about, um, you know, trying to get all of the... Devolved administrations to get some level of agreement on what the prime minister's plan was, and the prime minister just said, "We're we're in, intensifying discussions." Is that what yes, she said? They
0: keep about intensifying discussions. I don't know what it means. I,
2: I have no idea. It Does not mean they're now shouting at each other? They're
0: probably going to sit in a uh, tiny hot room like this. That's pretty intense.
2: <laughs> um, so you know, it's really clear that our views are not going to be taken into account in this. Um, and, you know, things like the Lancaster House speech, the fact that the Prime Minister talked about Spanish fishermen but didn't mention Scottish ones. You know, Ooh. that's ridiculous. Oh, um, fish, fish. So well, about fish. I think discuss about fish. I think part of it, and I've said this before, I think part of it is that um, politicians down here, a huge number of them genuinely have no understanding of some of the things that happened in, in Scotland or Wales or Northern Ireland or, or anywhere that's not, you know, um, the southeast of England. Um, and when you try and explain to them how important farming is or fishing is to, to mm. our local communities, yeah. you're met with an almost blank look. Well, it's, you know, it's OK because the financial services industry will pay lots of tax and we'll be fine. And that's not actually how things work. Yes. Um, Um, So I think the lack of understanding is really concerning. It's not just kind of a, it's not, in some of it's not an intentional disrespect.
0: There is a feeling that like fishermen are from history. Yes. It's like, what, people actually go and catch fish? How, how, I thought that died out in the 19th century. There's a lot of people in London that just go, well, don't the fish just appear on my plate in my fancy restaurant? I didn't know people actually had to go and catch them. There's yeah, no robot the for that. Boats! Um, boats go out. <laughs> uh, what is your question for for next week? Do you want to know who next week's guest is? Who's next I can week's guest? For once, oh, I wow. can tell you who next week's guest is. This might affect your question. Well, there'll probably nobody next week because it's half term. But. Um, Unless John comes round the pub and we do one in the pub, in which case that could affect your question. But probably the next guest will be Kirsten Oswald. OK. What's your question? Can
2: you ask her what your favourite biscuit is?
0: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I can. Um, that, okay. is that is the mum's good net one. question. Yes, that is the mum's net question. That is always a good one. Um, now, you've just mentioned people in London don't understand life outside London. We mentioned fish... Let's talk about the big issue of the day, which is people in London don't understand that A, there are people walking around Berwick shooting seagulls for a laugh.
2: Not seagulls, gulls.
0: Oh, hang on, we'll come back to that. And B, uh, there are seagulls in Aberdeen that are as big as you. There are. Ginormous. They are ginormous. (laughs) Now, the big shock for you, John, that we've got is this. There's no such thing as seagulls. No, Mm. there are. There are. I've seen them. No, a man has told Custy, what's he called, bird's... Bird identification or something, it's called, uh, his Yeah, name?
2: I'm not sure. He's got
0: birds in his Twitter handle, and he told Kirsty nice. there's no such thing as seagulls, right?
2: And I was taking part in a debate yesterday that was entitled Seagulls in Coastal Towns and Cities. I should perhaps have just stood up and said there is no such thing and sat down amazing. again. That would have been really, really <laughs> Should have been funny.
0: called unicorns in coastal towns, it would have been as sensible because there's I no such talk thing as them either. I did
2: talk at length about the lesser black backed gull and um, the herring gull. Yes. Because Aberdeen's got 15% of the UK's herring gulls.
0: What is the difference between a herring gull and that other one you just mentioned?
2: Um, The herring gulls are bigger. Are they? (laughs) I think so.
0: Are they the big aggressive ones? I mean, come on, they're all seagulls, right? That guy's nuts. There's such a thing as seagulls. All right, there might be lots of different sorts of seagulls, but they're a thing.
2: I think he's probably technically correct, but everybody knows what you mean when you say seagull.
0: Yeah, bring it, Um, Mr. Bird Identification. If you want to argue about it, then come on my podcast and we'll discuss whether such a seagull bring one with you
1: they can be pretty nasty I was once um, attacked by seagulls in um, Devon uh, walking on a cliff and when they all decide to mob you and sweep uh, uh, down on uh, you it is actually quite frightening how many is that you? oh I don't know five or six So it's quite a lot of them why did they attack you just for a laugh no because I was walk- walking through there. <laughs> I was just walking on the cliff I guess so maybe I walked near one of their nests I don't know they just took a dislike to you yeah that's a bit dangerous You could have driven like- you off the cliff well I wasn't right on the edge of the cliff but uh, it was it was quite a frightening experience
0: when you say quite Don't... frightening can you put that in context I uh, mean, you recently have had a doctor put a laser in your eye I have yes how did that compare to being chased by five seagulls
1: the, the seagulls were much much worse that's insane yeah something about a laser in your eye that's
0: got yeah. to be worse than a seagull It's a bit weird um, how big are these ginormous seagulls in Aberdeen
2: I am, I, I've been quoted as saying they're the size of a St Bernard Shut up. Um, <laughs> Shut up. they are going to get like, tweets about this. You know, people are going to go, you're lying
0: to the press again.
2: Exactly. No, you know, the, the seagulls in Aberdeen are big. Um, and people come, and I think it's because of the different types of seagulls, because of the fact that we've got herring gulls and other places Oh, right, we know you've don't. got herring gulls.
1: Stop showing off with so, all your herring
2: gulls. I know people that have come to Aberdeen from Glasgow for uni. And being yeah. like, "What is that?" <laughs> no, 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 it's a seagull. It's a rowie. Oh, uh, a seagull. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay. Oh, yeah.
2: um, most people, most people say, "What is that?" To a rowie until they taste them, and then they. I don't even really you know. know what a rowie is.
0: I've never had a rowie in my life.
2: You never had a rowie. No,
0: it's just a roll with butter in it, I mean, isn't
2: it. Basically, it's like. That's a, why you got
0: fat it, seagulls. They're eating all the rowies, aren't they?
2: It's exactly like a croissant, but instead of butter, it's got lard in it. And it's flat.
0: What? So it's not like a croissant at It's all. exactly
2: like a croissant. It's made in the same way. It's got the same kind of layers of um, you know, pastry and butter and but stuff like that. It doesn't that. puff up. But it's not. It's bleh. not butter. It's lard. It's just fat. Um, they, well, it was for but people. It? it was because people were going fishing. Oh, you yeah. You see? To bring okay. this in a nicer. circle. It's like
0: the old Cornish pasties and things like this. Sort of, you yeah. Know, the local delicacy. Because it kept. They're also
2: full of salt. They've got a huge amount of salt in them. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so they kept.
0: Well done, Aberdeen. Uh, but that sounds like why you've got fat seagulls.
2: Um, yeah, I think probably the outdoor eating doesn't yeah, help.
0: <laughs> eat too many roads. What's the local delicacy of Birmingham? Balti's. Yeah, like you know, I don't. I was about to sound oh, like a Brexiteer. What there, are they? But like a uh, Balti is a is a curry
1: cooked in a sort of metal dish. Um, and if you go to Birmingham, that, there's I, I, a I chance. Don't all Brexit
0: here, but that is not traditional because you know clearly it is a traditional Indian Birmingham dish. and all the rest of it have been. You don't get more. You don't get
1: more Brahmin and Indians and Kashmiri people. Was,
2: was um, Tikka Masala not invented in Glasgow?
0: Well, there's lots of places claim that, don't they? There's, there's, yeah. yeah, but Glasgow's obviously right. <laughs> <laughs> You're for, what are you doing? You're from Aberdeen. Why are you different? Why are you stand up for Glasgow?
2: Because Aberdeen's never tiny claimed...
0: Tiny, have <laughs> tiny pigeon seagull things,
1: you know, you should be flagging them up. If you go to a Birmingham curry house, they'll so tell you that the Borty was invented in Stan but I'm pretty sure that place doesn't
0: exist. <laughs> Stan is a, a road somewhere I, in Birmingham. Yeah,
1: I think it's made up by the local uh, curry house owners and it was invented in Sparkbrook.
0: Um, you don't have any seagulls in, in Birmingham, do you?
1: I think there are.
0: Really? There's no sea. What's wrong with them?
1: No, you, well, you get seagulls everywhere now. Um, and you have, all sorts, you have canals. You don't I get seagulls anyway because there's no such
0: thing. Um, mm. Do you remember, I just have to raise this, do you remember when we went to see the Prime Minister and we all sat around the Cabinet table and our colleague, Graham Demianic, then of the Western Morning News, yes. covering Cornwall, had his one question with the Prime Minister and he said, you ever had an issue with seagulls? <laughs> yes. He got a good story out of it. He did get a good story out of it. It's still yeah. living on. It's still appearing in this week's coverage, bizarrely. But, um, yeah,
2: is this we should declare war on seagulls. We should yeah. have a big conversation about yes, seagulls. exactly. Yeah. Was was like, that's amazing. We all amazing. Asked proper, sensible
0: questions, and all our, whatever story we got out of that meeting has long died with, you know, tomorrow's chip papers. But
2: we were all talking yesterday about but the Prime Minister's declaration about seagulls. That's amazing. <laughs> that
0: was uh, David Cameron, the Prime Minister, I should point yes. out. Not the current one. I don't know if she's had any issues with seagulls. If you ever get to sit around the Cabinet table with her, you know what to ask, John. Right? Uh, I'm Absolutely. Right, Um, well uh, I will say on that seagull note, uh, the bombshell that there is no such thing as seagulls Uh, I will say thank you to my guests uh, Kirsty Blackman and John Walker Um, and I will say, like I said, I don't think it'll be a podcast next week because it's half term Um, Well, if you want to come down to London you can come on again or if you you know anybody interesting that's kicking around next week I don't know, maybe I'll just interview my children or something because it's half term Um Uh, after that we should be looking at Kirsten Oswald and her uh, biscuit knowledge Uh, so there's something to look forward to in the meantime if you want to get in touch I am at political yeti on twitter I am politicalyeti at gmail.com on the email please get in touch if you want to discuss the uh, existence or otherwise of Seagull's favourite biscuits or if you want to give me money to sponsor this Uh, otherwise thanks for listening and goodbye